0: you think right now james are not living the life that they want and they're leading it because like an 80 year old or 70 year old people
1: it was only when i really started writing about my own stories in 2010 and and i Mm -hmm. and i was i i reduced my expenses and because i i you know i had just gotten out of a period of going broke and i i was able to and i wasn't working for anybody Uh, Mm -hmm. I I was able to live a life true to myself. And I've always tried to stick to that. But it's hard, I think, because of so many different agendas. And I think the more ambition one has, the less you can live true to yourself because the more you have to cater to the people you're ambitious about.
2: Happy New Year, dear listeners. Welcome to part two of a special two-part collab edition of Into the Impossible, with the ever-popular James Altucher Show, and your host, Brian Keating. For your New Year's resolutions, Brian and James provide their philosophy for living an authentic life without regrets. In this fast-paced conversation, get advice for moving beyond childhood traumas. Here, for the first time, Brian's side hustle pitches for the next blockbuster TV series. Get some controversial opinions on cancel culture and internet security, plus some original business ideas, thoughts on podcasting and some plans for 2023. Please leave us a review and a New Year's celebration of five stars to boost our ratings into 2023. So for your holiday cheer, sit back and enjoy part two of this two-part episode with James Altucher in conversation with Into the Impossible host, Ryan Keating. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Open the pod bay doors, please
1: Hal. Ryan, you and I, I consider us friends, but we've only met on podcasts. We, we, no, we met. In, that's not true. In, yeah, in the TEDx in San Diego. Yeah, we met in person. In the green room. Yes. yeah, That was like eight years ago. Yeah. I
2: can't believe but, it. But
1: like, like <laughs> I should spend more time face to face with my friends. You know, you invited me to, uh, uh, I think it was your 50th party. I was not able to make, but yeah. I should have made an effort more of an effort to to make it i i had intended initially to go and then things caught up with me and i couldn't make yeah. it and i know uh, uh you know i feel i should be less ambitious and more about you know improving my relationships improving my mentorships improving at the things i love doing instead of always chasing after false accolades and things i don't necessarily enjoy doing uh so mm-hmm. you know, this is advice. Have you ever heard this book before called "The Five Regrets of the Die? Yeah.
0: So yeah, exactly. One of those is, as you said, I wish I kept up with my friends. I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. I, I wonder how many people are actually doing that though. Like, like when you're when you're in, and these are people on hospice, basically, or right before hospice, at the end of their life, there's some caregiver and that's asking a nurse that's asking these questions. I think she's in Australia. It's a great book. Um, I haven't read it, but the summary is just like, I mean, it's one of these books like, you know, it's like the book of the Ten Commandments. You just need to read them, I think. I wish I had let myself be happier. I wish I had the courage to express my opinions and my feelings, and I wish I hadn't worked so hard. So I, I see that. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Nobody is on their dying, you know, bed. said, so. I wish I spent more time on Zoom telecons. You know, definitely agree with that. But the, I wish I had the courage to live a life. How many people do you think right now, James, are not living... The life that they want, and they're le- leading it because, like, an eighty-year-old or seventy-year-old people. Really? Yeah, I, I could think. Who do you care about? I mean, like, uh, let's take Jay. You think Jay is living a life? You know, Jay to is like, living the best life in, he could possibly be living right now. Jay has no complaints. So Jay and I yes. have spent more time together in the last two years than you and I have. We yeah. had an amazing Look, Chinese
1: food. Looking for James yeah. is my best time ever. Yeah, it's true. I know it's it's I pretty. It's how
0: long good. have you guys been together? Does I'm, he still get you anniversary presents? Twenty sixteen. It's
1: twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen.
0: We even years. have, have you our, given him a raise. Wait, is he going on strike? <laughs> Jay, are you going on strike? No, soon? Never, with my on strike with never on strike with James. Never on strike with ah. James.
1: James is probably the only employer that I would never go on strike is with. Is this
0: longer than most of your marriages, James?
1: Uh, it's, it's, longer than all of them. Um, so, so my business partner, my business partner, Dan, he's my partner in investing and he's been my partner on yep. several entrepreneurial ventures. He's been on this podcast actually about six or seven times now cause we did. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, we've been partners. Well, he started working for me in late 1999 or early 2000s. So he was working for me, but we've been actual 50 yes. partners since 2000, 2001. So that's oh, you know 21 and a half years right now. And we mm-hmm. we we have wow. never once had an argument. Now we've disagreed. We've disagreed on lots of things, but we've never been like I've never been upset angry at him. And and I'm I, I'm pretty sure vice versa, which is a really great I'm really happy about that partnership. I wish I had more of that in my in my life. J- Jay and I are- Yeah, no.
0: Yeah, no and, and but I think like living a life that's not true to yourself like my father you know again I, I ended up reuniting with him but he always blamed like his mother you know as like a 50 year old as you know when I knew him as an adult we were both adults hey brain like my mother didn't like even know how to breastfeed and this and, and I'm like you're 50 years old man like you know like I'm overweight like I, I could lose another you don't, 15 20 right, pounds you don't
1: seem overweight I got I,
0: well, I carry it well. I I I did drop ten, uh, five eleven. Yeah, how much do you weigh? 5'11". five five twelve with the Afro. <laughs> um, how much do I weigh? Yeah. That's very personal. <laughs> I weigh north of two hundred pounds. All right, so, so well, I could well, I, I could think, lose I could lose twenty five pounds and be and be really then I'd be as ripped as you are looking right now.
1: Okay, I I'm at the upper end of my weight in my life. Like so, I'm five mm-hmm. nine and I'm one hundred sixty pounds. So really, I feel like I should be. Normally, I've been about around 150, and for some reason now I'm 160, and I don't know why.
0: Well, for some reason. I, I don't know what happened in the last couple of years.
1: Well, I that you were like have, jogging six a theory, kilometers a day, you know. Back I, I wear the same size clothes. I have a theory that I've been working out more, so and muscle weighs more than than fat. So that's true. It does. It does.
0: But you know, when my father would say things like, and I have one of my one of my sons is like I call him my twin. And he looks like me. He acts like me. He's got the same personality. He wants to have a podcast. He wants to meet Jay. Uh, but um, and he and he's overweight. As I I was really overweight as a kid. He's not as bad as I am, and he's much taller. He's like super tall. He's almost five feet tall, and he's just ten years old. But when I um and I look at him and I'm like, okay, so I was overweight as a kid. Now if I go to a therapist and we have this like Matt Damon, you know, in Goodwill Hunting, remember that movie, and like. Yeah. Like, if I've learned anything from movies, James, is that to have a psychological breakthrough, a man has to, like, become completely weepy, teary, and just bawling on his therapist, you know, Robin Williams chair, right? Okay. So, like, let's say that's true for me because my parents got divorced. My father abandoned me, he, uh, my my older brother and me, and went off, created a new life, got remarried, didn't talk to me, you know, did his thing. Then, you know, and, and you know, I live with my stepfather who had, you know, he would drink a lot. He would hit, you know, on occasion, you know, you know just discipline. I, I wasn't abused, you know, thank God. And I, I have a lot of respect for what he did. But but this is just the reality of my life, right? It happened. You know, I was uprooted. I moved five times before you know, going uh, freshman year of, of high school. It was a lot for me. And so you could say, oh, well, like, that's why you're overweight, you know, as a kid and and that's why maybe you're still overweight because because you you know you haven't dealt with this childhood trauma. maybe I do need that, James. Maybe I need to go to Robin Williams um, and and just break down ball my eyes out. Uh, um, you know but but I haven't you know may, whatever I'm not saying anything negative about psychotherapy. I think it's fine. But then I look at my son, you know, he's also a little overweight. Um, Again, not nearly as much as I was. He's had like two loving parents, never divorced, never moved, never never lived in a different room. <laughs> you know, uh, goes to great school, has a lot of, you know, and he's like, oh. So in other words, if I'm like blaming my childhood as a 51-year-old man, I think I'm like kind of a loser. and And, and I think, you know, to do that, like people like, well, maybe you just need to get in touch with this childhood trauma. And I know you had challenges and you had issues. But like, I think there has to be a statute of limitations when you are like, first of all, I'm like, now I'm taking care of my mother. Like I'm financially, my brother and I, we have to support her. She's in her eighties. Right. Um, And she's not married. You know, my, my father's dead, you know, so I'm, I'm taking care of my children. I'm taking care of my parents. You know, uh, it's very awkward. And I'm, my career is in like full bloom. Right. And and I'm doing all these side hustles and, you know, like, Gotta stop blaming your past. You gotta stop blaming your parents. That's true,
1: but living a life true to yourself is more than that, right? Like maybe you're working for a boss who so you're always Mm. trying to kiss his ass because you want promotions or whatever. Or maybe you're married to someone who politically is one way, and you're politically another way, but you can't say where where you feel politically because you're afraid she would lose interest in you. Or or maybe you're a salesman, so you're always trying to please the people you're selling there's a lot of reasons why like I feel for from the year 2000 to the year mm-hmm. 20 2010 roughly roughly a 10 year period maybe even longer maybe 1995 to 2010 I was totally not living a life true to myself it was only when I really started writing about my own stories in 2010 and and I mm-hmm. and I was I I reduced my expenses and cuz I I you know I had just gotten out of a period of going broke And I I was able to, and I wasn't working for anybody. Uh, I I was able to live a life true to myself. And I've always tried to stick to that. But it's hard, I think, because of so many different agendas. And I think the more ambition one has, the less you can live true to yourself because the more you have to cater to the people you're ambitious about.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, do you feel like, the the fact that you weren't, oh, it's, that's a specific circumstance. So unless you're totally self-employed or inherit money or, you know, born, you know, on third base, uh, you know, at a certain point, when, when is the statute of limitations? When you are out of the nest, you, every decision at some level, like oh, you could have quit, for, for right? Me, I mean, I, I you felt pressure that you couldn't, but, but you could have quit, right? I mean, I, I didn't care what my parents you weren't parents slave.
1: the day after I left their house, like when I was 18, but sorry, you didn't talk to them. You said so I didn't
0: care what they thought. Like oh you didn't care yeah. right so that was living a life true to yourself so from 18 at least with the 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 vector in the direction of your parents you were living a life true to yourself um and now you're certainly living a, in other words I guess I'm just I'm skeptical of these notions of of catharsis that like everything has a root cause or you know Freud thought everything was traceable to sex or you know Frankel thought everything was traced to like searching for meaning and you know they're they're there's, there's kind of like, like I said, a statute of limitations when you were an adult and, and, and yes, you may have been actually traumatized. I mean, you and I have multiple mutual friends that have been like legitimately traumatized, abused and so forth. And, and yet they're incredibly healthy individuals and, yes. and they've gotten past that. And it's almost like they weren't responsible for what happened to them, God forbid, but they were, they're responsible for how they react to it.
1: Look, I think this is really important. Like I wrote a book, choose yourself, because it was basically, don't let anyone else choose your opinions, your job, your passions, your anything. And it's the whole book was about that. And, but it was, I wrote it because it was something I had to learn because I wasn't choosing myself. I wanted to be picked and selected. I wanted some group of people to like me and, and reward me. And to live true to yourself, you have to at every level choose what choose who you are, and and it doesn't and it's not like you, it happens once and then forever after you're free. It's like every single day, uh, mm-hmm. you have to do this every single day. You mm-hmm. have to make progress, even if it doesn't mean make progress at X. Like I can't make progress at basketball every day because. I'm getting older. I'm going to get worse at basketball every day. I, I don't play basketball, but I'm just using it as an... But, uh, <laughs> Despite the 5'9 uh,
0: hops that you have. But it actually reminds me of a, of, of a notepad idea I have. I have a couple of ideas for you. Um, so you've been watching 1883, right? Yes.
1: And Yellowstone. Yeah, and 1923 is coming out in a few days.
0: Yeah. What do you think of this idea? Um, you know how that's kind of rekindled this notion of of like westerns and and like and like tractor supply company is like seeing this huge explosion and there's whiskey brands and, and whatever, all these western themes. Yeah. Okay. I have an idea mapping directly on from uh Yellowstone onto stay with me, the biblical patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph, and Jacob and Joseph. Okay. Oh, it, so the, by the Yellowstone
1: way, By the way, it totally maps one to one. I'm sure yeah. it was inspired by that.
0: Well, it may have been, uh, although you really can't see much of that. But, but watching 1883, as I did on a 12-hour flight from Santiago to, to Los Angeles, that show, it's, it's really, it's, it's, of course, there's, there's like people dying, and there's attacks by Native Americans, and then there's this, and there, uh, there's disease, and there's bandits. All those themes are happening in the Old Testament, in the first book of the five books of Moses called Genesis. There's not a single, there's only two, laws in that whole book that starts it's 40 percent of the torah the old testament it only has two commandments like uh, be fruitful and multiply and circumcision that's basically and the, and be, the rest that, of the, of oh, the wait, Torah wait, wait. has
1: wait a second don't eat the apple that's in genesis uh, that's not one of the 613
0: commandments but yes yeah that, what, uh, the, 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 there, there are mess, all I'm saying it's it's all narrative it's all stories that's in genesis <laughs> that's right, onanism. Yeah, yes, very good. Um, uh, that's actually technically spilling your seed. It's not masturbating, but masturbating does the same thing that onanism does. So, in other words, let's not get into right, that. Right. The point is that that Genesis is all stories, and the other four books of Moses are almost no stories and all laws. So it's kind of interesting, uh, but but the stories are you know there's rape, there's like uh tribal invasions, there's wars between kings and queens, and and there's uh takeovers and political dynasties and and intermarriage, all incredible themes. And and you can almost map like John Dutton, you know, today onto like, say Joseph, when he's become the king of Egypt, effectively the Pharaoh, you know, the courtier to the Pharaoh saved the life. There's a famine, there's wars, his brothers who sold him into slavery and told his father he had been killed, you know, because they were jealous of his dreams. And he was um, hit upon by the, by the Pharaoh's wife. It's incredible drama, right? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's Yellowstone. Okay. So Joseph is Yellowstone. Then you go back to 1883, that's Abraham. That's so Abraham right. like sets off into the land. And he, leaves, he leaves Iraq and he goes to Canaan and Israel. And he has all these battles with the kings and, the, and, the, and, his, and his son. He has to sacrifice his son. He thinks he's talking to God. He gets divorced from his wife. It's incredible, right? Yeah. The drama. And then uh, Isaac is in there. Because Isaac is actually the one that we know least about. There's only like two or three chapters about him. And the women in Genesis are the heroes they are the brilliant ones who tell the, the the husbands are like kind of bumbling you know like they they're just too ethereal they're they're talking to god and the women are like this this you know kid who is living in our house is going to try to kill our son and even the twins in my womb you know uh, uh rebecca um you know says like the one is going to try to kill the other one asuv and and isaac and uh, jacob anyway and then the 1923 is like is Jacob is where you know he goes and and he settles you know he settles the the land and he has these dreams and ladders and anyway I thought that I'd like to get your opinion I actually pitched this to to someone that I don't think you've had on your show Ben Shapiro who's become I've become friendly with Ben Shapiro who's had an incredible year himself yeah and um, and he said I like the idea which which I thought was pretty high praise so I'm gonna pitch that to his he has a whole production company now. Um, and I'm going to pitch it to them as a screenplay. So but, anyway, but, stay what, tuned for that.
1: But what, what's the idea? Just Genesis itself or, or another?
0: No, the, 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 like Yellowstone, but, but mapped onto the Patriarch. So it'd be called Canaan instead of Yellowstone, or or maybe it would be called Patriarchs. Yeah. And it would be like a multi-series, multi-part, but not like, I don't want it to go on forever. Like, you know, uh, friends or something,
1: you know, and I mean, it, would it be should just be like two years. Like, like, look, uh. Whenever they've done this in other religions, like in in India, when they did the um, Mahabharata as a as a TV series, it was like the most popular TV series. in Must all of see, yeah. So that was must see TV. Yeah, no one's ever done that, really. I mean, they've done that about Jesus, but no one's ever done that about. And they've done, of course, the Ten Commandments, but uh, the, the movie. But n- nobody's ever done it about Genesis. And you're right. You
0: know what's so funny, James, is that like people say, people say, like Kanye West. You know, we'll say, I, I love the way, by the way, that we have to respect his choice of, of name. Like we have to call him yay or it's like not respect. Who cares? This freaking loser, anti semite. Oh, you know, I agree. scumbag. I agree. I'm not going to
1: call him yay. I agree. F- it's him. A shame. It's a shame this stuff has come out about him. I do think he's like the greatest music producer, at least for hip hop of of all time. You know, regardless, he might be. be he
0: might be. But that's again. I just did a video about this guy Fritz Haber, who won the Nobel Prize in Chemistry, who invented fertilization techniques and also invented the you know t- tools to that created the gas chambers and created chemical warfare. He's called the father of Ke- of chemical warfare. And I have this video called "The Man Who Killed Millions and Then Won a Nobel Prize." Um, But anyway, uh, so you could be very smart, but you can be very evil, right? So intelligence, wisdom, and knowledge are totally different things. Yeah. And, so uh, okay. Yeah. So that's one idea that maps, and the reason I think it'll be so successful is that people have this romanticization about the past. Like they forget about like how, even after seeing like a guy gets bitten. I'm not spoiling it too much, but let's say someone gets bit by a snake in 1883, right? And then it's like a death sentence. <laughs> like yeah. you sprain your ankle and you're dead. You know, like like we have this, but like sales of cowboy boots and Western and and the Airbnb where Yellowstone is shot you know the why the when the bar let's like rents for like 10,000 dollars a night now anyway people romanticize it they're moving to montana they're changing the culture and the lifestyle but um but the same thing could happen you know with respect to the middle east like the middle east is kind of having a renaissance there's more peace there maybe not with palestinians but but that'll happen i i hope um but but the rest you know uae dubai the world cup is in qatar you know it's, it's like almost a renaissance in the zeitgeist that people are getting very, very infatuated with Middle Eastern and the culture and and the hospitality of the Middle East and and showing that and how it traces back literally thousands of years. It's not like made up. It, you can call the the Bible, you know, whatever you want, but but the culture, like those things, family dynamics, where the the, the role of women, the role of children, those are all crystallized back then.
1: One thing I'm always interested in is I think first all, I I agree I think the story of Genesis would make a great TV series whatever but I would argue if you take any topic and map Genesis onto it like they did like you're you're making the comparison with the Yellowstone that's going to be successful so you have to decide do you want to, the topic to be biblical or do you want to, you could make a, a science fiction space opera like Star Wars you could map Genesis right. onto Onto star Wars because there's a generational thing happening and there's about, you know, who is, inherits the, the, you know, the, the family power essentially. And all these things happen in, in many sorts. You know, what, what also is the, the books of, of Samuel, Samuel one and two, I think would make a great series. Cause that's King David, which is arguably the most interesting right. story in the Bible. Cause that's got real like, you know, palace intrigue and, Wars and deception and betrayal. I mean, so does Genesis, but I think, I think even the books of Samuel even more with King David and King Saul and, and Solomon mm-hmm. and, and then of Israel split in half after Solomon. So mm-hmm. we could, we could, you know always do was just take every section of the Bible and turn it into a TV series. Because,
0: <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so that's one of my ideas. Then the other one, okay. So what's the problem? Like when people get really famous, right? So they're getting really like, Internet famous and and people are saying like they'd rather be famous even for doing something bad and that, and that's why like Ben Shapiro actually does something important if there's a mass shooting like at the nightclub the LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado last month he won't use the name of the shooter he won't ever mention that and and whereas the New York Times. They'll print the name and, like, oh, his upbringing. And, like, he could blame right. his mother because he was
1: overweight. He used to not to, historically. When
0: I look at that, but then then you've got this whole thing where people are, you know, like, some people are saying to Elon Musk, like, you better have a food taster. And, you know, like, so You know, then you get so big that you become, like, a target. And everything you say, and you make fun of pronouns, you know, prosecute Fauci and this and that, and, like, oh, like, and you get death threats, right? So, um, or you get doxed. So imagine... A service. So this is anti-doxing as a service. A D A A S. Okay. Um, and then, so so you go out there and you basically do what's called a white hat hacking thing. You like find out everything about Jay, you know, that you can possibly find out, and then um, and then you just like protect him against all these different threat vectors, you know. So like it's, it's basically like insurance against you know Jay getting doxed, you know. Like oh, he works. You know, he, he just moved, you know, back to Malaysia. I don't know. They're just making stuff up. So what do you think about that? Like, like as, as more things in in society become more kind of highly prized, like fame, attention, I think it's going to get worse. Like people are going to go after like Josh Peck. Like I've become friends with Shua Peck, you know, like he's like, has to have security. It's insane.
1: Yeah. Maybe he's got 13 million followers, but. I think it's a, I think it's a good idea if if it were possible. It's like sort of like cybersecurity, like, like cybersecurity is an important industry now in society, but as has been described to me by cybersecurity companies, the good guys will never be as good as the bad guys are at creating the threats. And so for doxing, I think it's very hard to, to create that as a company. Now you can provide insurance against doxing. That might be exactly. So that's right. that, That might be an, that might be another thing. And then you have to just figure out if someone's gaming that or not. But, uh, To prevent it, yeah, you can provide consulting to help prevent it, but it's it's unpreventable.
0: And then the last idea has to do with like uh, this chat um, AI chat GPT, Mm -hmm. uh, these chatbots, which are which are very interesting. Um, I don't think they're quite there yet. I mean, maybe because it's more subjective than like beating somebody in chess or or AlphaGo or whatever, folding a protein simulate, but. but you have these things, so I guess the, the analog would be kind of uh, something that tests for biases in these chats. So like uh, I got one from my brother yesterday. He put in like, um, what is uh, the great reset? And uh, write three paragraphs about the great reset and why um, you know Carl Schwab is, is trying to have a social credit system implemented you know, just, just for fun. He sent me the, the output of it. It's like, that's a myth. And a uh, GPT comes back with like, that's a right wing talking point that has a, so it's obviously like looking at Wikipedia. So if I ever do a video about COVID, which I have one coming out with uh, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya. I don't know if you know that name.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. He's the um, Diego. Oh, he's the Stanford professor who was just, um, uh, made news because he was in the Twitter p- files.
0: He is in the Twitter files, but the reason he was in the Twitter files is because he established what was called the Great Barrington Declaration, which was a common-sense protocol that we should work to not do social lockdowns and and complete society shutdown, which we did do, uh, because that would have ultimately negative downstream consequences on mental health and physical health and economic health. Um, And he's an epidemiologist and a medical doctor at the Stanford Medical School. And he was later targeted specifically by Fauci... And Francis Collins, the director of the NIH, and he was called. They called for a takedown of him, and one of his colleagues, Michael Levitt, who's a Nobel Prize winner at Stanford, um, for being fringe. Quote: This is what Collins is. Imagine the like, basically uh, the any boss, the ultimate boss of the world, you know, of this world of academia. He's a director of the NIH, which supplies fifty billion dollars a year in medical research, and he called him a a, a fringe epidemiologist. And that he called for a takedown of them, public takedown, basically calling for a public shaming. And Fauci said, "I largely agree." And uh, this is just despicable. So I have a podcast coming out with him, but um, but when I do the podcast, uh, YouTube will insert and YouTube, and this is why I don't like YouTube very much. uh, Even though you know, it's trying to grow my channel's audience. But um, but they'll put a warning and a, a link to Wikipedia. It's just like, if you put COVID anywhere in there, here's the thing on COVID. Or if you put it in the Great Reset, I did an interview with Neil Ferguson, the historian also at Stanford. And it, it was about the Great Reset. And the Great Reset is a myth, and it just refers to Wikipedia, which is like wildly as left-wing as Twitter ever was. And uh, it'll refer you to there. And so it's GPT chat is just searching Wikipedia. So it's like these biases are just getting like mega, mega amplified, And so we need some kind of tool to like, like an AI tool that's basically going to be the anti-Turing test. So it's a tool that's going to prove that you're a computer. Um, And I don't know how to implement it. I mean, you know much more about computer science than I do, but like we're going to need some way, just like detecting, you know, oh, this guy, Tom Cruise, uh, you know, or Michael Saylor, you know, is telling you to, to buy this crap coin. Let me say that, you know, oh, well, this is that, this is a deep fake but we need the, the same thing we need like deep fake detectors we need chatbot detectors and and all sorts of things i think it's going to become very very uh, very very serious pretty soon
1: i think you, you could be right and i think my solution is to withdraw more and more from social media and this relates mm-hmm. to our beginning conversation which is you know every day i used to be on social media to try and try to get more followers and engage with my you know with with people and as many people as possible and and now I just realize, a not only the uselessness of it, but it just gets me in more and more trouble. And um, but your point about AI, I just want to tell you on, on Notepad we have an AI, we have GPT three hooked up, and if you need AI based ideas to add to your own list, we haven't we you know coded it up so that you can do that. And so I had a, a, a bad business idea. I called it bad idea the other day, and it was called the podcast family tree. So, like, okay. like you've been on my podcast, so so you're like a quote-unquote son of mine on my podcast. Yep. And Ryan Howell... And
0: is, Jordan Harbinger, just to interrupt, was the reason that I was able to come on your podcast.
1: Right, and so I've been on... And courted, get you on Jordan my podcast. On mine, or let's say Andrew Huberman's been mine, and Lex Friedman also had Andrew Huberman, so Lex Friedman and I would be sort right. of like in-laws together of Andrew Huberman. And the idea of the podcast Family Tree, the business point, is that you could see which podcasts are similar to yours the ones you have the most kind of genetic quote unquote you know genetic material together on on this family tree and also it could help you find guests you could see which podcasts have had guests which podcasts similar to yours on the family tree have had guests that you haven't had and so on so anyway Correct. yes uh networking yeah the network of idea. networks yeah it's
0: like facebook yeah but <laughs> i had
1: the, I, I had the, i had the ai generate an additional idea for this list i kind of the list was describing the idea. And then I fed in just the phrase podcast family tree to the AI and to have it come up with an mm-hmm. idea. So it didn't really understand what I was asking. So here's the, here is the idea it came up with. The title of the idea is the family tree of bad ideas. And then it says mm-hmm. the description of the family tree of bad ideas is how capitalism is ruining our planet in this podcast <laughs> explore how capitalism is ruining our planet. We trace its origins back to its creator and see it has see how it has spawned a new generation of terrible ideas. That was the AI generated idea. It had nothing to do with capitalism when I was asking it, but that was like its impulse. So you're right. Wow. It's This like, uh, weird bias that we have to be careful. Yeah, about. it's funny. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. So look, Brian, you you got to come on the podcast more often. We can't have it be like you know. One I know. Year. And and we should also yeah, I definitely figure miss figure out another thing to I'm work. On. More- we always were thinking out things to work on. Um uh, Yeah.
0: Well we had the uh, PodPub, pod pub, which you know, we kinda we should get back to, you know, distilling books. Are you still bullish, you know, on podcasting as a as a as the the, the you know, a big thing, or you think we're reaching peak podcasts? No, with, I am now I'm we're up to four million.
1: I don't see the podcast world growing, but uh, but podcast but it's not shrinking either. And uh I think there is always a voice for you know, people want to listen to things when they're driving to work or they're at their gym. They can't watch things. They listen to things then. And yep. they, they want to hear good ideas and interesting ideas and in, insightful ideas and and or good stories. You know, true crime is the biggest podcast category, actually. So so I think there's, I think, you know, people always say books are dead. And now they're saying podcasts are dead. None of these things are true. It's just that TikTok is amazing, <laughs> So, yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. I started to do the short video. I can't get into TikTok. I, I just, uh, oh my a, God. I think it's going to get shut down.
1: The, the most talented humans on the planet. Okay. Whether it's TikTok or Instagram Reels, whatever. The most talented yeah. humans on the You see these like kids jumping from building to building and then doing flips and then, and then other kids doing, you know, magic that's unbelievable. And it's, I, it's amazing the talent that finds itself on TikTok. What is going to be the TikTok? I, I asked a question on Twitter. I was
0: like, what's going to be, what is, you know, what is uh now? There's post news, and then it was Mastodon. Oh. I was like, it's "What it's is post it's news it's going to be the Mastodon of?" You know, like because like Twitter's just going to stay, right? I mean, you're pretty still pretty optimistic about Twitter, even. Oh with yeah, Elon. yeah. No, I'm I think
1: sure. Elon Musk is going to do a great job, but and he's already doing a great job. But uh, Notepad no dot com. This yeah, the social network of ideas. This is the most actual insightful social network out there with a great community i'm I'm self-promoting because it's my site yeah Uh, no i love it i love this site i was i i got i got the
0: brian i got the at brian at notepad that's i got the the premium handle the five character handle yeah thanks to jay setting
1: it up you're gonna get um offers for millions for that
0: i know i'm gonna sell that squatter domain and and uh squat on that So, um, last question for you maybe is like, it revolves around, so one of the things that's been hard for me is like, I don't, you know, I get paid. I'm a public, you know, university professor. I I get paid fine. Um, but you know, obviously I get sponsor opportunities for the podcast and, and you always said, you know, in the, when I was first asking you, like, should I accept this, you know, click, you know, CPM, whatever that stands for cost per mill. And I said, um, you know, should I accept, you know, A dollar per whatever, $15, $20. And you were like, well, there's the actual money aspect of it, which is important. But then there's a like, there's kind of the prestige that you are in a category of people that can advertise and monetize your podcast. Right. I think that is valuable. But now, now like it is, it is also an overhead there's a burden there's managing expectations and there's there's like looking for advertisers then there's vetting their things like I was, do i really no, want to no do either. like manscaping again you know like uh, how much is there left to mow on my lawn you know whatever like and, and just for the brand and like i'm supposed to be a serious professional uh and then sometimes it'll be some program like they'll put in like ebay and it'll be like 500 decibel loud you know like get your christmas card and whatever i'm like well i'm assigned like i've got a nobel prize winner on okay, right now okay. you know i I, I, I guess I'm asking you, should I... I don't need the money, you know, necessarily. It's not that much. Um, it is a workload. It is a kind of managerial overhead, a burden bandwidth well, detractor.
1: Okay. So your your pain point... So let's just look at the pain points first. One is is there's a reputation thing. You, you, you say you're a serious professor. It looks weird when you're talking about manscaping and whatever. Second is the managerial overhead. Uh, third is what? Uh, the third is...
0: Like giving something away for free on one hand, it could increase your audience, right? Because people like, I just skip over. Even your ads, like half the time, I'll just fast forward, you know, 45 second skip. Yeah. You know, I have this thing when I'm listening to Ben Shapiro, I know what he's going to say, like, but now, and as soon as he says, like, but now, like, it's 45, 45, 45, and then, like, he's back, and I don't listen to him, but I'd like to not have to do that, you know, and it would make me more endeared to a podcaster uh, because he's not selling me stuff. He's not the type of person that I have to worry he's going to sell me athletic greens or whatever.
1: Right, so I would say for you, you probably don't need to do ads to, to you know, you have a lot of things like, you're, you're, you're you, you, look, me too, I probably don't need to have ads, but here's the thing. First off, I still stand by it shows that you're the type of podcast who's big enough that people want to advertise on you. And then your content is such that people want to advertise. So that's a kind of authority legitimacy. But yeah, a lot of the, your pain points have nothing to do with ads, but like managerial overhead, you can use a third-party ad placement agency like Midroll to do all your ad placements. And you could say, I don't want to do mm-hmm. any um, host red ads. I just want to do ones that are read by someone else and placed into the podcast. I want to have nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. So then you have zero managerial overhead and zero personal stake in what you're averaging. You still
0: have this thing that you are in the category of someone who's pitching you, you know, to my audience. Now I'm like yeah, a but, salesman. But you uh, personally like you're I'm a meeting. vector to sell them. Yeah. Sure, you, I, I agree. Can... It's one step removed, but like if let's say I just like 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 this all in podcast. Uh you know, I think one of the reasons I like listening to them is, you know, if I'm going to sleep, you know, they're I'm not going to get interrupted with some ad for eBay in the middle or some, you know, ad for. Yeah, for I, I, don't um, think, you know, I don't think you need to do athletic
1: I don't think you need to do ads. One one reason I like to do ads is that um, I also feel everything I do should have at some point should be profitable because that's another way of measuring that I'm doing something that is. I don't want to say worthwhile, but it is doing something that no, it's some bar that people have said, okay, this is worth it. And the problem with that is that, yes. Right.
0: So as long as you're not like, I have to break even or I have to, you know, make money. I think that's when it becomes yeah. like, Podcast I got into this for make fun, fun. Unless
1: you're like Joe Rogan or Ben Shapiro, but uh, or Tim Ferris or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or Andrew yeah, Huberman yeah. But who won't come like, on my show. Like, I like to know that everything I do pays for itself. So, and yeah, I, I wasn't no, always I like, like that. This gives, me, this gives me a good discipline about the quality of what I'm doing. So I don't take it for granted. It gives me a good discipline about, you know, understanding what to pay people and what, you know, what different costs are worth it. So so this is only a new philosophy for me. And uh, I, I think, but it was told to me by Naveen Jain, who's a billionaire who started Infospace in the 90s. And now he has oh, yeah. various entrepreneurship activities. Because I asked him why'd you raise twenty million dollars for your latest business when you're a billionaire? Why didn't you just fund it yourself right <laughs> and he said that he, if he paid for himself, he would never know if it was if it really had value like you know when it has mm-hmm. value when other people value it, so
0: that's true, but I mean at a certain point, but you only want to know it has value because you want it to be not sunk cost you know and 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 kind of Giving leaving money on the table or whatever. Like, in other words, you could just start a charity, you know, <laughs> or,
1: no, or whatever. Want, I like, don't want to do that. I want to do a podcast.
0: What do you want to do in, let me ask you a question. Next year, what's like your calendar look like? You're, you know, kind of in all different dimensions, a week scale for the whole year. Like if I had asked myself last year what, why I want that, I couldn't have imagined how great this year would be with the one major tragedy of uh, losing a very close friend at a very young age with young children that's put that's equal to all the bad, good stuff that happened and more, but you know, I couldn't have fathomed what would happen this year and it's great. And I feel blessed. Yeah, what no, are you I, f- I, looking I think- forward to next year? That's reasonable. That's out, That's possible to occur.
1: First off, I, I always make predictions for myself at the beginning of the year and they always change. Like I remember. Yeah. With 2014 or 2015, I wanted to write a novel and I ended up getting obsessed with stand up comedy <laughs> and that's all yes. I did. And, um, but I'm really excited about. I want to really. I help so many people with with their writing, and I really love it and enjoy it. Like I, I enjoy coaching writing now more than I even enjoy writing. And I'm really excited about making a writing course for on whether I put it on Udemy or or wherever else. I don't know. But I'm Jay and I are videotaping that this coming weekend. The other All right, thing is yeah, that's cool. I've been working. You know, when I was a a lad in in the 90s, I you know achieved a high. Chess ranking, and my goal is to achieve an even higher one this coming year, and then write a book about it because the book has been so fascinating. It's not about chess. Like there's so many things I've experienced on this journey of trying to achieve something I achieved as a 27 year old that it's blown my mind. What I, I didn't, I learned things I did not realize I'd be learning about myself, about the brain, about health, about ambition. All of these things that we've talked about has come from. Just simply trying to achieve the chess rating I had in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of like your your metric, uh,
0: summarizing your metric for next year. Yeah, I guess yeah. Because because if I, I do I, that, it
1: means I will have put myself through a study program and discipline. Yes, at, to a level that I've never done before. Like I, it's much harder for some exactly. Reason. No, I,
0: I get it, and it's and it's kind of like an encrypted, you know, very dense encryption that summarizes a lot of things, and reminds me of uh, a very famous Russian physicist who was the intellectual son of another great Russian physicist, Yakov Zeldovich, he said that this guy Zeldovich would always tell him, he would say, like when he was a young man, he said, you must take your son or daughter skiing. Like, that's your goal in life. Uh And he never knew what the hell he meant. Like, first of all, he was single. Second, he didn't have any kids that he knew about, you know, but he was like, what the hell is he talking about? Like, imagine what it means to take your kids skiing you have to have physical health. You have to have a kid. You have to have, you know, maybe have been married. Oh, even. that's so
1: interesting. Yeah. And, and then you have to have the wherewithal to, to oh my like God. go there. And that is the perfect Isn't that interesting? Analogy. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's right. Because like I realize now I need I need to think, and this I realized a while ago, but I've been needing to think about my nutrition. I've been needing to think about my sleep, sleep schedule, my my stamina, my energy. So I have to, exercise, to Studying, exercise energy. Yeah. And just neuroscience. I've had to learn like what things just at the age of 50 are different than at the age of 27. And I always thought I was very good at learning how to learn, but there's a different level now achieving something at this age that is the industry itself has changed. The chess world has changed, but I've changed. So the discipline is like enormous. It's much more than what right. I thought I needed. It's like imagine I tell you, James, you're going to come in last in your final race.
0: You're like, what the hell? You know, I don't want to come in last. But if I say, oh, you set the world record for over a hundred year old speed walkers, you'd be like, hell yeah! Like, you know that that'll be awesome. Like just to know that. So anyway, I wish that you will have at least the fourth power of my chess rating coming this year, and that um, yeah, you won't have to cheat to get there. You know, putting something you know uh, <laughs> yeah. in in some orifice of your body. As alleged by somebody about somebody else, um, but I, I do wish you all the best. And yes, I hope that we can uh, we can talk a little bit more frequently and maybe get together. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, yeah I'm not gonna I'll, I'll tell you I have a, a really cool kind of adventure that's coming up um, in in January February that where, involves, where, where are you uh, going? we've talked about. Well, I'll, I'll talk about it later. It, it's gonna be it's related to Sam Bankman fried though, so I'm gonna need your advice. I'm gonna go visit him. All right, let's, let's, let's. I want to get him on the podcast, but I I need some help in, in vetting it. I he has he doesn't know about this at all, by the way. But I'm going to be in his neighborhood, so I figured I'd, I'd give it a try. The Bahamas. Yeah.
1: All right. <laughs> all right. Well, look, Brian. Once again, it's such a great time having you on the podcast. And I actually had a bunch of science questions for you, but we should do another one in a month. Where yeah, I because I always get these articles. Like, turns out. Time in the universe never really. Exa- I get these weird, like a right. Visit a wormhole thing. was created in the lab in a quantum computer. You're like, yeah, just and so putting all these ask, words have,
0: salads together.
1: I have all these, like, I want to, you know, things that I really want to learn what they mean because I, I want to be important. your
0: uh, your house your sign. I want you to treat me like I treat my grad students.
1: I, I, just, I you believe know, totally For exploitative. You strike, I will do that. <laughs>
0: All right. Okay, Ryan. Well, happy right. Hanukkah. Happy, Merry Christmas, everybody out there. And uh, yeah, can't wait to talk to you again soon.
1: Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
2: We hope you enjoyed part two of this special two-part collab episode with Brian Keating and James Altucher. Please help us celebrate New Year's and subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. Get more of James on his ever-popular James Welltutcher Show podcast. For a chance to win some actual four-billion-year-old space dust, subscribe to Brian's mailing list at briankeating.com. Happy New Year from all of us at Into the Impossible and resolve to always be curious in 2023.